0: Welcome back to Hand Tools and Techniques. Thanks for joining me for episode 55 of the show for August 21st, 2019. You are probably going to notice that things sound a little bit different today. And that is because I am recording this episode of the show from my phone. Um, My laptop over the last couple weeks has just completely died. Uh, I've done everything I I could over the last couple weeks to try and fix it, but uh, to no avail, it is totally dead. Uh, files are gone. So so today I'm recording from my phone. So I, uh, I apologize if the uh, audio quality isn't quite as uh, good as it normally is. So I'm just going to get right into the questions. Uh, the first one comes from Joe Leonetti. And he says, what's the traditional technique for fixing a piece of glass into a wooden frame? I'm making a wall hanging curio for my wife that is about two and a half feet tall by one foot wide. For the door frame I spent considerable time making sure the one and a quarter inch wide rails and styles were square, straight, and had no twist. I used half-lap joinery. On the styles I ran through dados on the back that were quarter inch wide and three eighths of an inch deep. On the rails, I used stop dados of the same dimension. My local glass company can provide custom cut eighth inch thick glass. This leaves me about a quarter inch of depth after the glass is in place to secure it to the door frame. I could use those little metal things from the glass company that you push in with a screwdriver to secure the glass. But seeing as I spent all this time making this piece with hand tools, I like to use a more traditional method for holding the glass in place. Do you have any suggestions? Any tricks or tips to avoid breaking the glass while securing it in place? So I think, um, so those little metal things are, are if they're what I'm what I think they are they're called glazing clips and and they actually are pretty traditional um you would usually put the um put the glazing clips in to hold the glass and then you would secure the glass with a glazing compound um and this was usually made up of like whiting um or which is you know whiting is basically chalk dust um but um You know, chalk dust mixed with, um, yeah, mixed with linseed oil, Um, and you could you could make up a glazing compound and mix it into a paste, um, and and do it that way. That's how you would usually do it for like an exterior window. Um, So that's something you can think about trying. Uh, if you want to do it that way, and then you would have but usually then you would paint over top of of the glazing, so I'm assuming you're probably leaving this um, natural wood and not um, not painted so actual traditional glazing is probably not the way you you're going to want to do it um, because it's most people just don't like the look of it it's it's white it's sort of a a, a grayish white color and it it really stands out quite a bit. Um, you will see it on traditional pieces um, sometimes, but other times, it, you know, it could just be um, secured with a strip of wood. You could mill up um, some wood strips in a similar dimension to what you, uh, you know, to, after you put the glass in, whatever height, whatever uh, thickness you have left. That quarter inch that you're talking about you can mill up a piece of wood that's you know a quarter inch square or a quarter by three-eighths or whatever And you put that on the back of the glass and you secure that to the frame uh, With some some small brads some small sprigs or tacks Um, And that's another way that you can you can secure that glass in place Um, In a a case like that you are probably going to want to leave a small gap around so you can get the um, the nails in um, a little small gap between the glass and the frame, but uh, that's another another way that you can do it. Uh, but usually, when it when it comes to um, securing glass, I don't worry about being too traditional myself because um, most people just don't like the the look that the traditional methods provide. Again, which I'm, and I'm referring to the glazing compound here. Um, and it's kind of a pain if you ever have to take the glass out or replace it, um, because you have to scrape and, and cut all of that glazing compound out to then, uh, you know, mix it up and reapply new. So just for modern convenience, I usually kind of update the method and use, you know, some type of clips behind the glass. Um, but, um, I think, you know, in in your case, if it's a door that you're gonna be opening and seeing the inside of it all the time, I would probably opt for just the wooden strips secured. And you can secure them um, with glue. You can secure them with little brads. Um, But I think that's what I would probably end up doing is securing it with some some small wooden strips attached to the backside of the frame. In terms of not breaking the glass, the tip that I can offer is don't hit the glass <laughs> and, and you should pretty much avoid breaking the glass. Um, the glass is probably stronger than you than you think it is, but um, if you're going to put little, uh, little brads in you know use a small enough hammer so that uh, you, know, you you don't want to use a big old 16 inch framing hammer um, for, for installing tiny little tacks or brads, uh, especially around glass, um, if you can avoid it, if that's all you've got, then that's what you've got to work with. But um, I like to use a smaller uh, smaller hammer with a little cross peen for those tiny little nails. Um, and then a, a nail set. Use, use a nail set to drive, the, um, drive that little brad most of the way. Um, get it started with the hammer, but then immediately switch over to that nail set because um, that's going to allow you to get that set right on the head of the nail and uh, and keep it there and hopefully keep it from slipping off so uh, I would say that's probably your best bet to uh, avoid breaking the glass if you're gonna put it in with um, with the strips of wood is to uh, make sure you have and use a nail set so our next question comes from Scott Adams and uh, Scott has a question on using a shooting board
1: Hey Bob, this is Scott Adams from Lakeston, Tennessee again. Uh, I thought of another question that I've got for you. I'm having trouble with my shooting board, and uh, I built a shooting board a couple years ago, uh, one that I can true up well. Um, also have um, you know a good plane with you know sides are ninety degrees or so and all that, but every time that I'm shooting, then of a board my the end of my board is maybe half degree or degree off of square and um best i remember it's going to be the side against the fence that is always the high side Uh, as in when i you know i'm testing my square um the side that was against the fence you know it'll hit there first before it hits the side where my plane touched first um but i've always had this issue I'm starting to think it may be a technique thing, or maybe I need to, you know, add some, I don't know, kind of grippy pad to my shooting board or something like that. Um, But I was wondering if you would uh, let me know of any tips that you have for the shooting board or if you've ever seen this problem before. I appreciate it. Talk to you later.
0: So Scott, to me, it sounds like your shooting board is at a square. If it if you're consistently um, consistently planing it so that the the edge against the fence is a high corner, um, I think your your fence is probably at a square. But I would say try, you know, first thing I want you to try is is make sure you're referencing your square off the proper edge, right? So if you're the edge against the fence should be the edge that you're measuring off of square as well so um, so first make sure that you're, you're referencing off the proper edge um, because if you're getting if you're planing your boards um, and your two edges aren't perfectly parallel and you're measuring off of your you're checking for square off the edge that's not registering against the fence then that could be your problem as well you didn't mention what edge you were referencing your square off of but um, but I would try, you know, first make sure you're, you're measuring for square off of the edge that's against the fence. Um, but if it's, con- if it's consistent and it doesn't matter what plane you use, how sharp or dull the plane is, um, I think your, your fence to your shooting board is probably out of square. So I would check that very carefully. Um, it's not unusual to, you know, to check... The, um, the fence against the edge of the shooting board and, and find th- after using it for a little while that either the fence has moved slightly um, or that um, y- you know you've planed away the um, the part of the shooting board next to the fence that the the, the, um, the ledge you've planed that away a little bit um, because when you run the shooting board in usually those first few passes that's what happens is you plane away a little bit of that, um, of that ledge to, uh, until the, the plane is completely run into the shooting board and then it, that changes things ever so slightly um, and your, your fence may not be square in relation to that edge anymore. So I would recheck the shooting board first to make sure that everything is still nice and square. Um, if you're 100% sure that everything is nice and square um, it could be a technique issue. Um, you, you know, putting a little something grippy along the fence of the shooting board could certainly help. Um, I wouldn't use anything too aggressive because the the coarser the sandpaper is, the thicker it tends to be. Um, and that thickness is not going to be consistent, and that could throw things out of square on its own. So um, if you're going to put something on your fence, I would make sure that it, it's a really fine grit, you know, 400 grit, 600 grit, 800 grit, something like that, really thin, um, just enough to provide a little bit of grip, but not so much that it's really adding any significant thickness to the point where that alone could throw things out of square. Um, And then you know make sure that your your irons are sharp and that you're not trying to um to cut too deeply sometimes what happens is people tend to try and take too thick of a cut on the shooting board um, and that tends to move the piece so what ends up happening is as you start to um, as you start to shoot on the board you cut at the leading edge you know where the plane first contacts the wood you make a cut there, but because you're trying to take so much thickness off, um, it tends to push the piece back a little bit as you're as you're planing, um, because you just have it overhanging the edge too much. Um, so as you're, you know, you're you've got a lot of motions going on here. You're trying to push the plane forward. You're also trying to hold the plane tightly um, against the um, the fence. Uh, or, or, sorry, hold the plane tightly against the platform of the shooting board, um, you know, tighten to that corner. Um, you're trying to hold your workpiece tight to the fence. So there's so much going on. Um, and then when you try to take too thick of a cut, the workpiece. The, the blade makes contact with the leading edge of the workpiece, uh, but as you start to push things forward, it it move it nudges that piece back just a little bit, so you're taking more off the leading edge than you are off of the edge that's against the fence, um, and that might be just that you're you're trying to take too deep of a cut. You've got too much of the board overhanging the uh, the fence, so try to lighten up the cut on your plane and just you know try not to overhang the the workpiece past the edge of the fence too much Um, if that still isn't solving the problem like I said there may be some slight out of squareness between your fence and the board you could just try putting a a piece of uh, a blue tape on the far edge of the fence so if you're if you're right-handed you're planing with your right hand um, put a piece of blue tape on the left side of the fence um, and that should square things up a little bit more um, I think yeah, right if you're if you're high at the fence edge you want to Put some blue tape now it might be the other way around try it both ways I think you actually might have to put a, a piece of blue tape right up against the fence so that in uh, on, on the right edge of the fence not the left edge my mistake so that you're 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 twisting the piece out just a, a little bit more um, and that way you're planing the edge against the fence a little bit more than you were before. So, um, you know, just try putting a single piece of blue tape on that fence, um, on the right side of that fence, and see if that helps, if nothing else does. Because um, if it does, to me, that just is, you know, that your, your fence and your um, ramp are not 100% perfectly square to each other. And like I said, it's not uncommon for things to move, especially if your fence um, is only screwed down to um, to the top of your board a lot of people um, you know feel that you shouldn't put any glue in there because um, you know it's a cross-grain situation you've got the the grain of the shooting board running in one direction the grain of the fence running in another direction um, so you don't want to glue that down um, but i've found that if you don't add glue it's very common for that fence to move ever so slightly so um, you're going to have to, you know, if you don't have any glue between your fence and your shooting board, you're going to have to recheck the squareness of that, um, of that connection occasionally and make sure that it's staying square. Um, especially, you know, if you've taken too thick of a cut at one time and the plane kind of jammed into the edge of that board um, but didn't actually cut fully through it because you were trying to take too much off, that jarring motion could have jarred the fence slightly out of square um, and in the, d- the direction that it would have jarred it out of square would cause you to be, um, to take more off of the leading edge and less material off of the edge against the fence um, and it would cause it to be out of square in the, uh, in the way that you're talking about. So, um, so yeah, I would say, you know, check, check the, the squareness of, of the shooting board to the fence first before you do anything else because um, especially if you don't have your fence attached with any glue at all um, I would suspect that is probably the culprit and you may need to um, tweak the adjustment you know, the uh, the position of that fence in order to get it to uh, to sit nice and square so that's it for the questions for this week I want to thanks, send thanks to the, the folks who sent those in um, I had a a you know nice discussion or or I had something planned for for the main topic but um, unfortunately, my phone won't let me record long enough in order to to finish the discussion of the main topic. The main topic for today was was um, called narrowing focus and it was really uh, has a double meaning the first being you know if you want to get good at a particular thing in woodworking then um, you may need to consider not trying to do everything like uh, furniture making, spoon carving, basket making, chairs, boxes, carving, marquetry, parquetry, you know you can't really try and, and do all of this stuff and expect to become really really good at any one aspect of it. Uh, you kind of have to narrow your focus down a little bit and I had a a, a longer discussion planned on that aspect of it um but as I said unfortunately my phone um is not allowing me to record long enough to to have that discussion um, but the second meaning of of the narrowing focus piece has to do with the podcast itself and and this is going to be the last episode of the podcast Um my, uh, you know, I, I mentioned my computer dying. That's not really the reason why. Um, I just took that as a sign that maybe now is probably a good time uh, to end the show. Um, you know, I, I've had suggestions from from folks, you know, for crowdfunding and whatnot. And, and really, it's not, you know, that's not the issue. The computer is not the issue. I could go out and get a new computer uh, today if I, if I really needed to or wanted to. But... Um, you know for me the, the podcast has been fantastic and all of you folks that, that listen and ask questions and send in voicemails um, have been absolutely fantastic and I am eternally grateful for all the support um, that you have all provided um, especially for from the patrons who um, who've offered their their financial support and um, and folks who've sent in questions and encouragement for uh, for the show. Um, unfortunately, you know with the whole with everything going on, um, I personally need to narrow focus myself. Um, when I got into doing all of this years ago you know I started with a blog and then added videos um, a couple of, two and a half years ago added the audio podcast and then there's the Instagram piece and um, and' I'm, I'm trying to teach more um, in addition to, Building a house, coaching two youth hockey teams, um, so much. There's just so many things going on. So personally, I need to narrow my focus, uh, myself, and um, you know, part of that is trying to find an area of my woodworking that I want to get better at, um, and and trying to focus on that. And you know, while I love doing the video and I love doing the audio, um, I think my real my real passion within at least in terms of sharing the craft um, is is writing and teaching so i've kind of decided that those are the two areas that i really want to try and focus a little bit more on Um, our our cabin and work is coming to an end should be pretty much done within the next couple of months Um, and i've already started working with uh, the local art school to try and offer uh, to teach some more classes next year um, after the hockey season is over. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm trying to work on teaching more classes. Um, and I, I really want to do some more writing. Um, so this will be the last episode of the audio podcast. Um, you can still find me on Instagram. You can still find me on my blog at brfindwoodworkingcom slash blog. Uh, and I will be active in both of those places. I may post a video for on YouTube from time to time. Um, I can still do that from my phone. Um, you know, until I, I decide it's time for a new laptop, but, um, you know, I would expect any videos that, that I do post to be kind of short form. Um, just because, um, you know of time constraints and and the challenges of editing and filming on the phone but um, I you know I won't be doing the audio podcast anymore and I won't be doing a whole lot of videos uh, anymore most of what you're going to find from me is going to be on the blog um, and on Instagram um, and of course teaching classes uh, when I can do that so but uh, it it has been a lot of fun um, I, I greatly appreciate everyone who has listened and supported the show financially and otherwise um, i i will probably miss doing the show um, and i will miss the interactions with folks but i hope you will still interact with me through the blog through instagram um, where i will be the most active so again i want to say thank you to everyone um, for all of your support over the last two and a half years for this show um, I, uh, I greatly appreciate it and uh, and as always, stay sharp, everybody.